Welcome, welcome, welcome to Lilies in the Valley, where God is lifted, your spirit is watered, and your direction is fed. I'm your host, Sister Miko C. Deal, and I love and live on John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Amen. Excuse me. Today is our first episode, and I'm so excited. I'm so glad that you stopped by, and I'm just going to go into uh, prayer, so let's get started. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for everything that you are doing. I thank for everything that you shall do. I thank for everything that you will do. Lord God, we thank you that in this podcast, in this vessel, in this word, in this meat, in this food, in your word, shall be deliverance, healing, resurrection in the mighty name of Jesus, reciprocity, Lord God, blessings and love, enlightenment in the mighty name of Jesus, vision and direction in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord God, we lay it down today on this word that you give us today. We lay down fear, confusion, lack of faith in the mighty name of Jesus, miscommunication, dysfunction in the mighty name of Jesus, rebellion, disobedience in the mighty name of Jesus, discord in the mighty name of Jesus. And Lord God, we know that you will replace it with love, with mercy, with grace that is fresh and new each and every day. Lord God, with joy, joy down in our soul. Oh, Father God, we thank you and we praise you. Amen. And thank God. Amen, amen, amen. Well, our very first episode, I'm excited, yes. And our very first episode is called The Relationship We Have with Ourselves. I hope you have your Bible, and if you don't, I hope you have your phone or maybe a laptop, any electronic device that will get you to Job 11, 13 through 20. Amen. 13 through 20, Job 11. I'll give you some time to get there and while you get there I'll sip some water amen and let me give you a brief synopsis if you're not familiar with the book of Job the book of Job is about uh, obedient servant and a loving uh, servant of God God loved him very much loved him so much he was blessed he had a lot of land and a lot of farmland animals he had many children uh, wonderful home servants and he was as I stated before a Wonderful, wonderful, obedient servant. But now where we find Job is that he has lost everything. He has lost everything but his wife. His children are dead. His servants are gone. You know, um, no more farmland or animals, as we should say. And where we meet Job now, as uh, in the world today, we would call it the rise and the fall. And everybody's witnessed this rise and the fall. The community, neighbors, friends, family, everybody has seen it. And the friends and now are telling him and giving him these synopsis that you must have done something to piss God off. You must have done something. You must have been old disobedient. You know, Mr. Goody Two-Shoes over here that always want to do the right thing, huh, finally caught you and you did something you wasn't supposed to do. And that's why you don't have nothing. Ha, that's why. And that is where we find Job in chapter 11, because his friend, Zophar, is telling him how to remedy the situation that he finds himself in. Okay. But uh, let's be clear, Zophar is telling him what to do with judgment and with an ego. And as we know, uh, ego is edging God out. Shout out to Hunk for Jesus. Yes, I got that from Hunk for Jesus. And it's very true. Ego, 
edging God out. Amen. So if you have now found chapter 11 of Job, verse 13, let's go to the text. Amen. Let's go to the text. Hold on one moment. I'm just going to change the version. Amen. 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 Make it a little simple for you. But I always come from uh, the Geneva 1599 Geneva uh, version of God's word. Um, and you can find that on most apps if you read the word of God on an app. And the 1599 Geneva version is actually before the translation into the King James. And that's just what I like to read. You can read whatever it is you like to read. But if you'd like to read what I'm reading and stay on key and plan with the scripture um, that I'm reading uh, during podcast, that is the one that I read. First, 13. If thou prepare thine heart and stretch out thine hands toward him, if iniquity be in thine hand, put it far away and let no wickedness dwell in thy tabernacle. Then truly shalt thou lift up thy face without spot and shall be stable and shall not fear. But thou shalt forget thy misery and remember it as waters that are past. Thine age also shall appear more clear than the noonday. Thou shalt shine and be as the morning. And thou shalt be bold because there is hope and thou shalt dig pits and shalt lie down safely. For then thou takest thy rest. None shall make thee afraid. Yea, many shall make suit unto thee. But the eyes of the wicked shall fail and their refuge shall perish. Their hope shall be of sorrow. Amen. The word of God for the people of God. I'm going to read one more version. I'm going to go to the English Standard Version, and we're going to start at verse 13. If you prepare your heart, you will stretch out your hands toward him. If iniquity is in your hand, put it far away. Let not injustice dwell in your tents. Surely then you will lift up your face without blemish, and you will be secure and will not fear. You will forget your misery. You will remember it as waters that have passed away, and your life will be brighter than the noonday. Its darkness will be like the morning, and you will feel secure because there is hope. You will look forward and take rest in security. You will lie down, and none will make you afraid. Many will court your favor, but the eyes of the wicked will fail. All way of escape will be lost to them, and their hope is to breathe their last. Amen. All right. So, as I stated before, Zophar is giving Job some good good advice, but he's doing so with judgment. And what I mean by doing so with judgment is he's assuming that Job must have done something wrong. Now, I don't know about you, but I've definitely called a friend and shared what I was going through. And immediately, because I'm sharing or and or venting, they assume that I've called them for their opinion. And now they're trying to give me all type of advice that I should uh, take or do. And now I'm more frustrated than I was when I called them because I never asked them for advice. I was just wanting a listening ear. You understand what I'm saying? Have you been there? Well, this is what Zophar is doing. Zophar 
is doing it with ego like you know what now that you don't have anything now that you don't have nothing when you was over there in abundance living better than everybody even though Job never had that air but that's how other people took it you understand what I'm saying have you ever been blessed and then the, those that were around you all of a sudden changed now you didn't change in the abundance but those around you changed you understand or maybe you've had someone who has been blessed in abundance and what they have done is all of a sudden now they're superior they can give you advice they can tell you this they can tell you that and now they may not hold their abundance and blessing over your head but now they have a, a stocked up in themselves that they are the authority huh Come on, somebody. You understand? What we must understand is that all blessings are according to our obedience and according to who God is, not who we are. So God blesses us when he seems fit and he can take that blessing away as well because everything happens according to his plan, his will, his timing, not ours. The word of God is clear. Our ways is not his way. So he's not always rewarding us or he's not always taking us through trials and tribulations because of our ways. They're done because God needs to perfect, bring to past, pull out of us those things that need not be there, those things that hinder his will and his goal for our lives. Because according to James 29 and 11, he knows the plans that he has for us, plans to prosper us, build us up. But in order for us to build, be built up, we have to get pruned and plucked, much like the, the, the bushes and thorns and roses and flowers, so that we can grow in the, not only grow in, in abundance, but grow in the direction that God has for us. If you ever pruned a plant and you have to prune it a certain way so that it doesn't grow sideways, it grows up and not to the side or not down here and all turned about, that is what God is also doing. Have you ever read in God's word where he, we are being tried in the fire so that we can come out pure as gold? Because when gold is uh, refined, it's refined in fire so all the impurities can burn off of it because in the hottest temperatures, gold doesn't burn, you see. And in the text, Zophar's heart, you see the word of God says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So see, Zophar is speaking through his jealousy, his aha, his ego, his judgment, like, huh, now you done lost everything, now you like the rest of us. But in the pretext before chapter 11, it never states that Job was this kind of man. So Job's blessing in abundance affected his friends, not him. He didn't change. He didn't become egotistical. He didn't come the authority on how to tell you how to get and how to do. And how to, what he did was suggest God to his friends. Because if you want it to be in a place where you think I am, talk to God and allow him to get you there. But they didn't want to receive that. Let me share a story with you that brings it all together. You know, when I first understood about a relationship with God, it truly was back in about, I wanted to say 2003 and 2004. I've been instructed and advised that the best way to come to the knowledge and understanding of a living a life for Christ outside of just reading his word was to ascend, uh, attend discipleship classes. And I loved discipleship classes. You know, I wasn't really sure on how to position myself 
and a posture of humbleness or how to position myself in a posture of prayer or how to position myself in a posture of obedience and what that looked like and what that was to uh, uh, be as I acted out and apply it to my life. Like I understand God's word, but sometimes I was confused about how to apply the application of God's word to my life. Like, how do you act out what I'm reading? You understand? Discipleship classes taught me that. And uh, my godfather at the time, Reverend Smith, suggested ministerial classes as well. So I intended um, those, you know, ministerial classes. Now, it wasn't because I wanted to be a minister or you know, that was the pretense. It was the studying. It was the the habits that it would give me to be able to break down God's word, study God's word, and then um, understand it. And that is how I would be able to apply it to my life. So that is why he suggested ministerial classes. And if you have those um, available to you, I would suggest them to you as well. But if you are under trying to understand how to develop a relationship with Christ and what your part is in that, I would also recommend first taking discipleship classes, which you can do. And there are several books out there. And I will at the end of this um this podcast, let you know the discipleship books that I used. Back to the text. So as we see Zophar giving Job such a good word, and as I told you, I was attending discipleship classes, you know, based on the recommendation of my godfather. I also at the time was a young single mother just trying to make ends meet. And, um, I think it's a little further back, but just trying to make ends meet, you know, with with three children. Um, I'm a mother of five, but at the time I was raising three children and um, I was just really hungry for uh, the word. And not only was I hungry for the word, I knew it was my duty to um, serve. So I served in children's church as well. So now I'm going to Bible study, ministerial classes, regular Sunday service. I'm also going to discipleship classes on Saturday, and I'm also volunteering in um children's church. My children are going with me because at the time I had a toddler and I had elementary school children. And so they're coming with me each and every time. So not only am I immersing myself in the presence of the Lord and in fellowship, I'm immersing my children as well. So God's word says, raise up a child in the way that they should go. When they become old, they shall not depart from it. So um, honestly, I just really can't remember a time where I didn't you know, serve. Um, it's always uh, been a calling on my life and I actually rather enjoy it. I know that is what God created me for, to serve him and to serve in the capacity in which he's called me. I remember having really great kingdom relationships right about this time. At least I felt like they were great, much like Job had with Zophar and so many others that are mentioned in the text. And I remember, you know, being excited and discussing each and every uh, lesson that we went through throughout the week with some several of them. I remember, you know, developing an understanding of prayer and how to pray and was just truly blessed in that area that God gifted me. Um, It's not anything that I developed on my own, but more so surrendering to the Holy Spirit. And so I used to get called on to pray uh, all times of the day and night. I worked from home at the time. I had a child daycare, so I was available and I used to get and I felt so honored by God to be chosen at the time. And then I remember a shift. Hmm, come on, somebody, a shift. And now things are 
are a little gloomy and they're a little tried. And I'm going through some tribulations. And I remember, remember now, I've told you about my kingdom relationships. I'm excited. We're, we're fellowshipping. We're, 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 we're ironing, sharpening iron, as the word says. And also, as soon as that test started, people started to talk. Those kingdom relationships started to say to me, um, what did you do? You must have done something for this to be happening to you. I promise you that was the exact phrase spoken by a really dear friend. I hold it really in high regard. So I can only imagine how Job felt when Zophar was giving him this information, this advice, but in such an adversarial way, in such a judging way, in such an egotistical way, I can really understand and relate. Can you? And, uh, you know, I just really was down and out about what I was seeing. I remember it was the first time I ever fasted. I fasted for three days and I was able to cook food for my family and not eat any of it. And I was fasting in a corporate fast, if you will, not with the whole church, but with others. And it was my first time fasting. And though it was hard, I just remember so much joy to be able to meet with God and speak with God and be there with God. So I was just overjoyed and and to complete it, I was like, wow. And so all of this is going on at this time, even in my despair. And, you know, people are coming at me like, mm, I don't know, girl, we saw you on high. Now you got to have done something. Mm, you sure? The phone calls lessened, you see. They lessened for prayer, you see. The phone wasn't ringing off the hook anymore, you see. Right about this time, I remember... I had an abscess on my tooth and I was in a lot of pain and I was calling on, you know, prayer for healing and to receive. And, you know, I, I really couldn't get a whole lot of people on the phone, you know, something else. Right. And it would take me years to really um, understand what was happening at the time and that God was prepping me then. You understand? He was he was prepping me then because I had come into the knowledge of God and who God was. You see, because prior to that, all I thought you had to do was receive Christ in your heart and you were good. I don't know how many of you are out there that were like me when I first started, but I had received Christ years before 2003, 2004. And I thought all you needed to do was, you know, receive Christ in your heart, you know, acknowledge that you believe that he is the son of man and he rose on the third day, which I do, that God so loved the world that he gave him as his only begotten son. I believed all of that and I, and I received him. And then I thought if you backslid, all you had to do was rededicate your life. Like that's, I thought that was it. You understand? And even though I was aware of the Holy Ghost, I wasn't familiar with the Holy Ghost. Amen. And so, um, as I went on, you know, uh, it was happening to the, you know, it was happening to me at that time so that God could mold me to who he wanted me to be. You know, my life has not been what people may assume or think. I'm sure that's true about all of us. You know what I mean? About most people that were here at this podcast. My experiences in the past have always been being put down, devalued, emotionally controlled, shamed, hated, ignored, the black sheep by those that I loved most and held dear and held in high regard and held them on a pedestal, including my parents, uh, my marriages, my children. But all these relationships did not mean more than my first relationship which was with God. And that is what we are seeing in the text. If you come to read Job, I pray that you read Job. 
so many of Job's friends wanted him to deny and curse God because obviously God had forsaken him as far as they were concerned. But Job refused because he remembered about how good God had been to him prior. You see, you will also read in Job's text that the enemy went to the Lord and asked permission to attack Job because he was sure that if he attacked Job, Job would most surely forsake God and turn his back on him, you see. And in this conversation, God knew because he created Job, he gave Job, he molded Job, he was there through thick and thin with Job, and Job came through in obedience, in faith, and in understanding with God. He knew exactly who Job was and what Job would do. And so Job, as we find ourselves in the text with Zophar, is in a place where he understands who God is and he understands everything that Zophar is saying, but he understands it in a different way. He understands it in humility in faith in trust and in obedience to God, not in a judgmental way, in an ego way. His humility is being shown to those who think that now Job has fallen and now he's getting what he deserves. You see. That did not mean more to Job than his first relationship with God. But the second thing that pulled Job through was the relationship that Job had with himself. You see, when you know who you are in Christ, you won't pick the wrong friends. You won't pick the wrong husband or wife. You won't allow things that are said by other people that you hold so dear on this pedestal here or there to diminish your esteem, to diminish who you are to yourself. You see, you won't allow everybody else's opinion or vision of you to tear you down. The thing that you use, uh, the things that they use to hurt you and annoy you and frustrate you and won't. You won't allow it. You won't allow fear to create things in your mind and spirit. You won't be fearful of new situations of change. You won't hold back anymore and you won't second guess you anymore. You will not allow uh, uh, so much hurt and pain and confusion and your own negative thoughts to corrupt your spirit, your joy, and your present situation will now be a situation of faith, of encouragement, of joy that you shall come through. Even if you're not going through, that when you do go through, you know that you shall push through because you shall lean on God. Your challenges, your obstacles. They will be so much more less than they used to be. How you carry them in your flesh will not be how you carry them now because you will have gained strength in your spirit from knowing whose you are and who you are in Christ Jesus. You see, it's the heart God wants to transform. The flesh, it's all a lie. It's all a facade. Oh, I know you were hurt, but you made it through. You overcame not once, but many times over and over and over again. You made it through. Why would you believe what's temporary versus what's factual, which is you are here and you survived. God has a purpose for your life. What type of relationship do you have, not only with Christ, but with yourself through Christ? Do you encourage yourself in your most 
horrible times, in your despair, in your valley, in your trials and tribulations. So many loved ones have attacked you. You're the black sheep. Maybe friends have turned away from you. Maybe God has pulled you out of a situation you were very familiar with because all they were doing was speaking against you. You were not going to prosper there. But God put you in a place where you know nobody. God put you in a place where you can't, you're not familiar. You can't just go and come as you please because now you've got to learn something new. Now you've got to learn how to do something new, how to how to adjust to where you are. And see, God has done that because he's put your name in places where you can prosper. You didn't even know it. But are you preparing yourself? Are you encouraging yourself? Are you getting on your knees and spending time with God through these times that are so much different than they were before? How is your relationship not only with Christ, but with yourself that you can trust that God is going to be there? You see, the only way God can get through to you is if you allow it. So how is your relationship with yourself? Are you allowing God to get through? Hmm. Your relationship with yourself is not only cultivated when you cultivate your relationship with God. You understand? But it is the leading thing you need behind the relationship with God. You need to have a relationship with yourself. So you feed yourself good thoughts from the scriptures. You remind yourself of who God is as he reveals to you who he is, as he reveals to you what he wants for you, as he reveals to you how he relates to you and how much he loves you through the trials, the tribulations, through the fire, through the good times, through the blessings. And are you posturing yourself not in an authoritative way, not in a judgment way, an egotistical way, but in humility and humbleness and peace and joy and love and in connection with the Holy Spirit to lead and guide those who need to be led and guided because God has chosen you. Well, I am so glad that you were here for the very first episode. And I want to say just a prayer for you and your encouragement as you manifest and as you develop listening, uh, your relationship with God while you listen to this podcast. And I just want to welcome you here. Father God, I thank you for each and every ear that was met here today. I thank you for meeting us where we are. I thank you for stretching us. I thank you for always being with us and never forsaking us and never leaving us, but guiding us, healing us, giving us what we need, Lord God. Let us lean on your understanding and not our own. Let us do away with those things that set apart what you have for us, those things that take us away from your way and your will. Let those things be pulled from us, pruned from us, Lord God. Take those things that are not of you deep within us out. Lord, pluck them out in the mighty name of these, in the mighty name of Jesus. These things that would take hold and root, Lord God. Those things that would take hold and root jealousy, fear, anger, disobedience in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord God, uproot them and pull them out. Unforgiveness. Hurt. Shame. And Lord God, replace them with joy, love, peace in the mighty name of Jesus. And Lord, most of all, humility and prostrate leaning on you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And thank God. I just want to encourage you to meet us here 
each and every Monday. Uh, the very first um, episode, I'm so glad I said that already, so I apologize. I'm excited and I'm nervous. But also meet us here every Monday. A new podcast will be released. So every Monday, please make sure to tune in. Uh, for a new podcast, and I look forward to sharing episode two with you, and I look forward to hearing from you. If you would like to contact us for prayer, or even on notes, maybe you wanted to uh, know the discipleship books I used in my discipleship classes, feel free to email me at spirituallyundefeated at gmail.com. Once again, spirituallyundefeated at gmail.com. You can also follow along uh, with me. Also, at spirituallyundefeated at gmail.com, follow along in the notes, footnotes that, that are available for you to help you study and apply Job 11, 13, verse 20, uh, Job 11, 13 through 20, excuse me, as well to your life. And hopefully you will pray for me as I pray for you that I will get the hang of this podcast and not be so nervous. <laughs> but thank you so much. I love you. Be blessed.